Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us, we want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too, but sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. And welcome back to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. I am Terry Cushman filling in once again for where uh, for Charlie Smith, excuse me, tripping over my tongue already in the first minute of the episode. Got Cody Paulson with us again, as well as Nick Face. This episode is totally legit or calling the cops. Most of the audience should be familiar with it, but I am going to read out a Red Sox-related scenario, and uh, Nick and Cody will uh, react to it accordingly, and they'll they'll begin by either agreeing with it, saying that it's totally legit, or if it's too far-fetched, they will call the cops. So uh, let's see. We'll lead Nick off on this show. This is uh, this is a good one. Uh, First of the five, Tristan Casas will lose his first base job to Jorge Alfaro. Is that totally legit, or are you going to call the cops? Totally legit. Totally legit, because Tristan Casas needs to go down to Worcester to prove to himself that he can be a major league player again. I think we're at that stage right now where you absolutely have to entertain bringing up El Faro because he can give you first base, DH, catcher. He gives you a little bit more depth than Nikasas can right now. I think he's lost right now. I think he has to go find himself again. I'm not completely like washing the deck here of Tristan Casas. I think he's got something still to prove. But I don't think it's going to be right now here in major leagues. I think that he needs to go down to Worcester, get his swing back, get himself in a more confident place, and then come back up to the big club when he's ready. Cody, is that totally legit, or are you going to call the cops? I'm going to call the cops. Um, I don't know. I, you know, If you said that Costas is going to lose his first base uh, job, I would think that would be totally legit. I agree that he needs to be sent down to, to AAA and, and just hit a, a hit a hard reset. Um, I just don't think Alfaro is going to be that guy. You know, I think maybe we move um, Turner in, into first and get a little bit more flexible with a DH or you know, give the guy a, an off day in the field or, or whatnot. But you're absolutely right, Nick. I mean, Costas is, is – swinging or maybe not even swinging he's just he just doesn't look he looks like a shell of himself right he's not being able to be that uh free kind of individualistic guy that he is um i do see him getting on either a phantom il stint or you know just a designated for not designated for assignment but you know just a a minor league stint in in some capacity just to get his confidence back up i am actually going to say totally legit and to be fair Justin Turner could be the first baseman, but I'm saying that Jorge Alfaro would would be the call up. That would be the corresponding move to Tristan Casas. I would then pivot to totally legit if okay. it was just a one to one call up. I apologize. I, I should have uh, maybe. I was I was thinking along the same lines too. It would be a straight up call up as well too to add him into the rotation. So same. I I, 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 I keep my take. And he has had, I think, uh, a certain number of 
of reps at first base. So it's not the totally most foreign thing. But um, what what makes it kind of relevant as well, uh, if I can get back to the page here, he's hitting a very robust 309 right now with a 342 on base uh, in Worcester. So definitely cranking. No home runs yet, but he's driven in 10. And what I like about it, because the biggest thing I've been harping on every single episode is we're too lefty heavy. We're too lefty heavy. So that gives you an opportunity to take out you know, a, a left-handed bat and add in an everyday right-handed bat uh, for a guy like Al Faro. So that's the the attractive thing. You could call up Valdez, but and he had a nice game during Yu Chang's paternity leave. Had a couple of hits, but he's a lefty. Uh, David Hamilton, I, I think he's still in double A. I mean, you could still conceivably see a call up, but he's also a lefty. So I think, you know, Alfaro is is kind of attractive and I, you know, I, I think there's a, a certain level of plausibility to it, whether whether it happens or not. But uh, with Casas struggling mightily, I, I said it on the last show, he seems to recognize whether it's going to be a ball or strike coming in because he's still drawing a great deal of walks. But when it comes to swinging the bat, he's he just can't figure out how to make contact with that and drive it like we were seeing in the short sample size last year. I have all the confidence that Tristan Casas will be a bona fide major league player someday. Maybe he doesn't quite reach the the heights that we were hoping, but I, I think he is going to have a, a major league career. But I have zero confidence he's going to figure it out anytime soon at the major league level. So any more thoughts on Casas before we move on? Nope. Okay. Number two, this uh, could uh, create some debate here. Tanner Houck will lead the Boston Red Sox in wins for 2023. Nick, is that totally legit or are you going to call the cops? I am going to call the cops. And I, I'm not calling it because of Hulk in general. I'm calling this because of how management manages the pitching staff. So if Hulk is in that starting rotation, say he only goes five innings and then he hands it off to the likes of a Caleb Ort or a Ryan Brazier or somebody else that's not as reliable or dependable in the bullpen, I, I don't see the win total getting up to a place where he can lead the club. We also have to figure out, right as of right now, they want him in the bullpen. Well, right now, also, it's TBA starter for Wednesday. So make up your minds, Red Sox, on where Tanner Holt's going to be so I can tell you legitimately if he's going to be the leading of the pitching staff for wins. But right now, I have to call the cops. It's all on you, Red Sox. It's your fault. Go ahead, Cody. I do have a clarifying question to make sure that I am uh, answering it in in the correct way. Uh, is he going to get a full season's worth of starts? Right? Are we are we angling in this totally legit or calling the cops that he's going to get close to thirty starts? Theoretically, he would have to, and I think probably twenty five starts is the new thirty right. at this but point. But we're going to keep him in the in the starting rotation, ideally for the entire season. Most likely. 
Yes. In that scenario, I think he actually does lead the team and wins. So I think that would be then totally legit. Um, he's got great stuff. He seems to have the most consistent outings. Um, you know, he's also the type of pitcher that seems to be the lucky one that's getting the run support this season, right? There's always one pitcher who doesn't have great statistics or great peripherals, but he's averaging like seven runs of run support. So his win loss record looks great. Uh, that seems to be Tanner Houck uh, this season. And, you know, it pairs up well with the fact that he does go out and put up basically quality innings. We'll call them quality Red Sox starts because Cora doesn't really like pitchers to go past the fifth inning these days. You know, recently we've had a couple of starters go into the sixth and into the seventh. But to start the season, it was very rare. So I think Houck leads the team and wins. I'm also going to say it's totally legit. And I think he could even go to the bullpen for a month and a half and still pull this off and still have the most wins. He's already got three. Um, and I'm not sure about Kluber and Sale. Sale might have a couple, actually. I think he does have two. Um, Kluber's winless. Oh, he's winless. Okay. Um, Pavetta only has one. I mean, he would be another candidate that you th might think could lead the team. He's never had more than 10 wins in his career. So, and that was 2022, actually. So, that was the most recent season. He was 10 and 12. He's never had a earned run average less than 4.56, also uh, last year, although 2021 was only three points under that. Oh, so that was the lowest. So, 4.53 is the lowest ERA. Uh, Pavetta has had an ERA and wins don't obviously tell the story. There's other metrics that um, that are in there, but there's been a, you know, a, a problem with consistency with Pavetta. You know, he's hot and cold. He's one of the streakier pitchers we've had, you know, over the last decade. So, you know, I, I think Hauk should be able to beat him. The one wild card is Brian Bayo. Could he do it? And it's possible. He didn't get the win today. Um, how many innings did he pitch again? Oh, yeah. He only went four and two-thirds, so he wouldn't have qualified anyway, even if the Red Sox had the lead at that time. But I can't see Sale doing it. I don't see Kluber doing it. And uh, I think Hauk, uh, yeah, it's totally legit. I, I think he's probably got the best chance to do it. So uh, Hauk for me. Uh, moving on. All right. This one's for you, Nick. Jose Iglesias will rejoin the Boston Red Sox, probably on a minor league deal initially as an extra right-handed bat. Well, if it was me, he'd be here right now, but maybe I need to pray a little bit more or something like that. I think that if he was going to be here on this team, legitimately he would be here. So I am going to call the cops. I don't think it is going to happen. I do wish it would happen because I do think that this team, at least in my eyes, I think you can get more production from a Jose Iglesias than a Christian Arroyo or a Yu Chang. I think the Red Sox are going to ride it out here with what you see, and they're going to hope that maybe Kike can still give you some depth at shortstop, bounce around the field here a little bit. And I also think that they're probably at least being a little bit more hopeful on the Trevor Story front on if they actually can get him back here midseason. If they did, if that did happen, it would make the Iglesias signing probably not feel so so realistic. 
So as much as I would like him to be the shortstop right now at this factor, if I was GM, he would be here right now. I just don't think it's going to happen with the Red Sox. So I'm going to call the cops. Cody. I think you have to call the cops as well, strictly from the the same genesis, right? You know, if if they were going to make this move, that's a move that you could make in an instant, right? It could be a news dump on a Friday afternoon at four thirty. It could be you know a top of the morning on a Monday, right? But it's it's when you put in the papers and and he's on your team because I think he's just on waivers or as a as a free agent as as you can be. And you know, we've got guys on our team that are currently middling or, or players that could be sent down. You know, we have that roster flexibility that we could use to get a guy like that who produced so well for us down the stretch in, in previous seasons. Um, that's not, not in the organization or in, in the clubhouse. And so I got to call the cops. I will agree with you guys as well. Uh, like Nick, I wish they would do it, but um, for now I'm going to call the cops. I will say this. If Christian Arroyo goes down next week with a hamstring injury, then you have to do it. Then. There could be some momentum here. Uh, they're obviously hoping that doesn't happen, but you're extremely thin in the middle infield. And again, Iglesias is a right-handed bat that could go in there and serve a purpose. I think, I think right away, he even being a singles hitting machine, uh, I think would give you more production than a guy like you Chang. I really believe that. And We've got other hosts on the podcast that'll talk about his defensive decline. And you look back every time he's been up with the Red Sox, he was he was a lightning factory in 2013 before he got traded uh, in that three-team trade that brought in Jake Peavy. Phenomenal. Then in 2021, the month of September, just absolutely on fire. Just helping the team win in a lot of different ways. So... I think the Red Sox are kind of hoping right now that nobody does pick him up just in case, but I'll say um, I'll I'll call the cops on that one for sure. Uh, Next, Kenley Jansen will repeat as the MLB saves leader in 2023. Nick, is that totally legit? Are you calling the cops? I'm going to go totally legit with this right now. I didn't realize, I know it's a small sample size on just how much of an impact one particular player can have to your bullpen to make some sort of consistency anchor out there. This Red Sox team last season, if they had Jensen right there, would have been miles ahead better just by having that guy that's there. I think that, this whole worry for me initially with the pitch clock and the game moving, I thought it was going to have more of an impact with Jensen than I thought. And it's really been nothing. There's been no worry. There's been nothing to, to, to even think about from that standpoint. So I, I can definitely see him if he stays healthy and everything getting in that high 30 to 40 range and continuing on, to be one of the best closers that the game of baseball has ever had. And let's, let's also be real here too. He's going to get 400 saves um, in the next, probably next week or so, which is pretty remarkable too. So I love the signing. I love his backstory too. I don't know if you guys know about the number and everything that he wears and uh, on his Jersey, but it, it signifies basically how he grew up. That used to be the number of his house on everything. And those sort of things, 
you know, I've gone through a lot in my life with losing family and everything like that that are close to me. Those sort of stories and everything that a player plays with, with integrity and everything, translates very much so. So I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I hope for the best for him. Cody, totally legit, or are you calling the cops? I'm calling the cops. Uh, I think he could lead the league in safe uh, conversion percentage. I just don't know if he's going to have necessarily the opportunities to close out those games uh, to lead the league in, in saves, right? You know, Jerry, I believe you were the least optimistic on on the Red Sox possible outcome, but if we're going to get to 74 wins, that's just not going to be enough opportunities for him to, to lead the league, right? You know, even if we get to 82 or 83, um, that I think they're going to get to it's it's still just not going to be enough opportunities because he's not going to be able to be available every night right you know so far he's five for five which is wonderful and it's been it's a breath of fresh air right you know we were screaming at the clouds last year like put Whitlock back in the closer situation he was dynamite in 21 and we are just punting on wins because our bullpen is terrible and you know there's a couple of bumpy roads and a couple of bridges that you have to cross to get from the starting pitcher to a Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning in in the current bullpen. Uh, and I think we're going to lose some of those opportunities along the way. And, you know, he's, he's not going to be a hundred percent. If he was, that'd be great. You know, I would obviously love to see that happen, but that's not a realistic expectation that he's going to convert all of his opportunities. And I think between all of those factors, it's, it's a little bit too much to overcome to expect him to, to lead the league and saves. So I got to call the cops. I'm going to call the cops as well for many of the same uh, points you made, Cody. Um, where is he right now? Actually, can I dig that up real quick? Um, I think I can. I think he's top five or six right now. Let's see. He is tied for six. So let's see. He's got five saves at the moment. The, the, uh, there's a two way tie for first. That's with David Bednar. He is the Pirates closer, who we got a little bit uh, familiar with as they swept us. And then Josh Hader, um, who's perennially towards the top of that list uh, with the Padres. But he's three behind them. I'm going to point out just one outside-the-box scenario to where it could happen. Let's say the Red Sox have a bad month of May and then June, not so good. He could be traded. I mean, who on this team will net you the trade package that Kenley Jansen will. Closers always get a haul, you know, as you close in on the trade deadline and perhaps maybe even a bigger haul if it's significantly before the deadline. Alex Verdugo probably gets you a good haul as well. But if he ends up on another team, perhaps that there's a team in New York, not the Yankees, but the Mets. They don't have a set closer. It's closer by committee. So how motivated would a guy like Steve Cohen be to get a guy like Jansen, who, by the way, has an extra year of control? Not that he won't need him, uh, you know, because Diaz should be back next year. But just saying that's uh, a little bit outside the box, but it could happen. I'm adding another one in here. I didn't plan to have this one on the docket, but uh, it came to mind. So I think I'll run with it. Xander Bogarts, for the first time in his career, will be a top three or four uh, MVP. 
uh, candidate. And uh, let me just give you his line right now since I got it up. He is hitting uh, 330 with a 417 on base. He's got a 963 uh, OPS, not super robust, but a couple hundred points above the average. And um, he's hit five home runs so far, 12 batted in, and uh, he scored 17 runs. Can he get to you know the top three or four in San Diego? Nick, is that totally legit, or are you calling the cops? I'm going to call the cops. I think he'll have a good season there for San Diego, but I think it's going to – I mean, he's had a hot start here from everything at the beginning. I think he's going to start to settle in a little bit to play like the Xander that was consistent. Xander isn't an MVP of sorts in my eyes for everything that he's been playing for. But, yes, is he very good? 100%. Would I still want him on the Red Sox right now? Absolutely. And, again, it's not my money, not my thing. I'd still have him here, and I'd still have him be a part of the Boston Red Sox. But I just don't think numbers – the numbers will not get him into a top three, four MVP choice. Maybe top ten, but I don't think it will be in that – that the perennial one, two, three. Cody. Uh, I got to call the cops as well. And it's going to be for a multitude of different reasons. Um, one, the team he plays on is too talented. And I think that's going to take away from the storyline that, you know, even if he produces above his, his career averages, you're going to look at a team that has Tatis, that has Soto, has Machado, you know, Darvish, um, Snell, I, haters still on the team. I can't even list all the guys that they got. Um, you know, and so I think his his production is going to get a little bit lost in the shuffle. He's also a guy that, you know, he's a perennial all-star, as he should be. He's a consistent, he's a great player, but he doesn't get the national love that it takes to be an MVP-type candidate. And he also is an oft-injured player that plays through it, right? You know, if he gets this wrist issue or if he has you know, a bicep or a hip or whatever it ends up being, you know, we're just talking about random um, injuries at this point, but he plays through them. He doesn't go on the injured list, which ends up hurting his production and it's going to ruin his counting stats. So if you have a guy that's hitting 280 with 20 bombs and 100 RBIs and 100 runs, that looks great. But that's not going to be the same thing as if you were to say play 140 games at 100%. And I think that's going to hurt his case. So I got to call the cops. I'm actually going to go totally legit. Um, looking at the Amer- uh, excuse me, the National League uh, hitting right now, Brandon Marsh is out of his mind right now, leading the National League in OPS. I don't think that's sustainable. He could still have a great season, but I, I don't think he's going to be top five or ten. Max Muncy is up there, another guy I think comes down to earth a little bit. Uh, the two names above him right now that could potentially stay above him. Ronald Acuna, I think he was widely regarded to be the favorite on the National League side. I do a lot of fantasy baseball drafts, and every single one of them, he was number one overall. Um, Another guy above him, Luis Arise. He went from the American League to the National League in a trade with the Marlins. Won the batting title last year uh, in the American League with the Twins. He's not going to have insane power numbers, but he's a high, you know, on base, high batting average guy. He's probably going to be 
uh, in the top five or 10. I could see him staying above Bogarts, but there's really nobody else above him right now that I expect will stay there. Uh, Juan Soto off to a very slow start. That's one of his teammates. Uh, Manny Machado, by his own standards, uh, kind of off to a slow start. Uh, Mookie Betts, you know, not not a super fast start as well. If Bogarts can avoid that that second half slump, I think I think this could be probably the best year of his career. He's probably got a lot of new energy, you know, being in a exciting atmosphere like San Diego is and. Um, I'm sure he's thrilled to have Machado just several feet to the right of him and Juan Soto in the outfield behind him. And, um, I think it's going to be the best year of his career. So I'll say totally legit. Last one. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. It's, uh, it's an amazing one actually, if, if it pans out, but, the Pittsburgh Pirates will have a better record than the Boston Red Sox. And currently, I believe they are 16-7. and seven. One of the best records in baseball. Nick, is that totally legit or are you going to call the cops? You have to put the Pittsburgh Pirates into this, huh? <laughs> Do you just... know my back? You know my backstory? Do you know my backstory? I don't. So... My relative, who was my grandfather's cousin, was a longtime Pittsburgh Pirate. Great. His name was Roy Face. He pitched in the 50s and 60s. He was one of the first known guys to ever be the closer in a baseball game. So a little baseball history there for you. He, um, he holds the record for most, uh, the highest winning percentage in a season by a pitcher to this day at 18-1. and one. Uh, I did that in 1959. So long story short on my Pittsburgh thing, I think I want to say yes, but riding right now with the Red Sox, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to uh, say that the Red Sox will um, have a better season than Pittsburgh in the long haul. So I will, uh, I will call the cops. The Red Sox will have a better season at the end of the line for this 2023 season. Pittsburgh's just off to a good start. Uh, before uh, Cody goes on, I just want to say I'm impressed. So he's your distant cousin. I think that would make him right. He's your grandfather's cousin. He's a distant cousin. So yeah, that makes he's him, my grandfather's cousin. That is correct. What's that like a third? He's in the f- Pittsburgh Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a third or fourth or fourth cousin of some sort of generation. If we want to play the family trees and everything here, three Those are the Mazeroski teams, right? The late 50s, early yes, 60s. it was 1960. 1960 yeah. won the World Series. Yep, three the Yankees 48 career ERA. That's very impressive with a win loss record of 104 and 95. I, I think if you retire with a winning record, that's extremely impressive. Um, yeah, usually, I mean, like a 55 percent win percentage is, is good for a pitcher. Is he still alive? Because there's nothing saying that he's deceased. 96 years old. He's wow. still alive. Okay. Born uh, February. Want an 20th. autograph? <laughs> no, but he loves signing autographs. Yeah, he loves an autograph. Is he in good yeah. health for his age? I mean, Great he's health. 95. Yeah. yeah. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Wow. We get we get good genes in our family. Yep. That's impressive. Yep. Okay. I wasn't yeah, aware it's fun, that. It's a fun story. 
Yeah, it's a fun exactly. story that we have in our family. So we do root for the Pittsburgh Pirates here as well. All right. We do. And I'm sorry, did you say if that was totally legit? Because I immediately went into his stats. You gave uh, your take. I said that this was uh, – the no, I actually said I was going to call the cops. I said the Red okay. Sox will end up having a better season. I think Pittsburgh's just off to a better start okay. right now. Very good. Uh, Cody, thoughts? I have to take a similar take. I'm going to call the cops as well. I think Pittsburgh's off to a hot start. I think the O'Neill Cruz injury doesn't help. I think the Cardinals being off to the coldest start that we could have all have imagined uh, isn't isn't helping either. Um, you know, the Cubs are, are overperforming, but um, uh, I just I don't see the depth in this team. I don't see the players continuing to play at this level to, to put together a full 162 um, that that would that it would take to have them come out on top in the in the wins department. I am going to say that it's totally legit and the reason i'm saying that is i i think the pirates could possibly finish around 500 and i think that does beat the red Sox. um there's not a lot of very good teams in the in the national league i mean it, it was really hard to come up with eight teams that could get in you could come up with six and then there was one or two fringe teams and and like I said with the Orioles, eventually the rebuild is over. And it, it can happen sooner than some might expect. But they're getting really good starting pitching. And I don't think it's a fluke that all of them are just pitching phenomenally. I think they probably have a good program. And, uh, you know, they patiently developed a lot of these guys. Uh, Mitch Keller, still, you know, a 364 uh, ERA, uh, Johan Oviedo, who beat us in one of the three games, 2.2 ERA. Um, lots of strikeouts with these guys. I'm, I'm looking for another familiar name here. They've got one of the best closers in baseball as well, uh, who, like I said, is tied um, for the most saves right now with Josh Hader. That's David Bednar. They just need to find some offense here. They just need to find a little bit of offense. And if they can tread water in that category until uh, O'Neill Cruz comes back, maybe they can make a trade uh, at some point this summer. I'm just, uh, for shits and giggles here, uh, pulling up the team stats. I just want to see where they stand offensively. Here we go. So they're not. Yeah, they're they're the number seven team right now in Major League Baseball in terms of offense. They have a team OPS of of seven sixty five. Uh, that's a little bit better, actually. The Red Sox are only two points under that. But uh, let's see where they rank in batting average. Uh, they are they're only thirteenth in batting average. Let's see with doubles real quick. You'd think I would have wrote all this down before I came on. They are fourth in MLB uh, in doubles. Let's check home runs. The Pirates are ninth in home runs. So they're more than adequate, even offensively right now. So I'm just saying it's uh, they could be a 500 team or more. I, I think it would be a, a much bigger stretch that they compete for the wild card. You would need some of those big juggernauts to just 
you know, maybe the Mets go into the toilet, you know, in typical Mets fashion or something like that. You'd need two or three teams to do that for them to get in, and I just think that's too big of a stretch. But the biggest, the biggest name that I look at from the lineup that is surprising to me to see his numbers and seeing how good he's been so far is Andrew McCutcheon. Believe it or not, Phenomenal. I did not expect that. Did not expect that. I mean, it's one. It's a great story. Him having a homecoming and everything from there. So, I, I've, I've always liked the guy. I hated him when he was a Yankee, but I'll root for him as a Pirate. I got no problem with that. Yeah, uh, G1 Bay having. Uh, well, I guess yeah. He's only hitting two oh eight, but he's number four on their uh, chart here. But anyway, I mean. We'll see. It's a fun story, uh, I, you know, and it's not going to be one at our expense anyway. One to keep track of. That'd be that'd be fun to follow. Absolutely. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll probably be back with this installment in the next two three weeks. Uh, probably throw hot hot take Tuesday next week. We're also working on one. I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag. A show called Bluminati said what. <laughs> And then we'll read some quotes oh uh, from some of our haters across the Twitter sphere. But we'll we'll wait. You know, if the team's good, we certainly won't uh, have that uh, as an installment. But if it goes into the toilet, that could be a fun show. So hope everyone is having a great week. By the time everybody um, downloads this episode, game one will have been in the book. So. Take care, everyone.